I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhymes. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. The persecution of Jews, mass persecution of Jews, putting them to death, removing them from a nation, as a whole, by order of the government. 
We want them completely eradicated from our nation. No, I'm not talking about Germany in the 1930s. I'm talking about Spain in the 1400s. A little something called the Spanish Inquisition. Now, a lot of people are a little bit confused or people tend to hit the high points when it comes to history because that's all we can process, right? I do the same thing. You you name anything and you can you can maybe bring up a point or two about it. Even huge events. Huge events that we've seen endless movies and documentaries on. Uh, World War II, uh, D-Day, Pearl Harbor. It's human nature. There's nothing wrong with it. You certainly can't be an expert on anything, on everything, unless you're me. But the Spanish Inquisition is a fascinating time. One, it lasted a long, long, long time. People were unaware. Um, it went from the late 1400s to the 1800s. This wasn't like a five-year whoops. That was a lot of torture. Probably shouldn't do that again. But let's set it up for you here. Spain was not Spain at the beginning of this whole thing. It was two different two different areas. Castile and Aragon, two different kingdoms. And they came together. And King Ferdinand married Queen Isabel and or Isabella. And here we are. We have joined Spain into the Spain that we know. Isabella I, she was from Castile. He was from Aragon. And they get married and they join these two kingdoms, thus pretty much making the country of Spain that we know. And there was war and there was strife and then they joined the country and that's awesome. But wait, uh, we still have some Muslims here and that's going to be a problem. You see, this era we live in, well, they lived in, it was a heavy, heavy Catholic era. Now, if I mess up any of the basis, basics of Catholicism, you're just going to have to live with that. I'm not a Catholic. But this was an era where the Pope held enormous power. The monarchs, pretty much all Catholics. And the Muslims were viewed, this was, you know, we're talking crusades type stuff. This is a little after that, but we're talking crusades type stuff where, I mean, look, it's not our job to pray for them. We got to go kill all these dirty Muslims. We should run them out. They should be eradicated. You know, that was that way of thinking. And it wasn't, it's going to sound like I'm defending that way of thinking, but that was viewed as your mission in life. Your Christian duty was to do that. We have to. We have to get them out of here. And there was a place, the, the last remaining Muslim stronghold really in most of Europe was this place called Granada. And the Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, with their newfound joint country, decided they were going to eradicate Granada. They were going to get the Muslims out of there, and they did. Took about 10 years, was not a continuous conflict. This was the era where the cannon 
was really coming into play. And the Muslims in Granada didn't really have one or didn't have good ones. And Ferdinand and Isabella, they had lots of them. And they essentially, at the end of it, just blew them out of the place. Horrible, horrible carnage. We should do a, we could do a whole show on it one time, what happened in Granada. 100,000 dead. Enslaved. It was a big old mess. And so now, here you are. You have a relatively, this kingdom is unified, right? It's Spain. We're good to go. Finally. Got those Muslims out. We've joined Aragon and Castile. Life is good. Except it wasn't good. There were tensions everywhere in Spain. Why were there tensions? Well, this is going to get uncomfortable, but I don't care. I'm not here to make you comfortable. There were tensions because in this era... You can make arguments in every era, but in this era especially, Christians didn't mix well with Jews, didn't mix well with Muslims, Muslims didn't mix well with anybody, Jews didn't mix well with anybody, and they were all there. There were Christians, and there were Jews, and there were Muslims, and there were these, you know, and they were all devout, and they lived right next to each other. You'd have the Muslim part of town, and the Jewish part of town, and the Christian part of town, And it was not one big happy family. I cannot stress that point enough. You would have this Muslim holiday and the Christians would be offended for it. And all of a sudden there'd be a riot in the street and someone gets their face cut off. And it was that kind of tension. Why aren't those Jews working on a Saturday? It was that kind of tension. As religiously, is it called bigotry, Chris? It's probably not called prejudice, maybe. You're the Jew here. Why can't you help out? What is it, Chris? Prejudice. Prejudice is the word I'm looking for. It was bad, man. It was just, it was a bad time. And it was not like like modern times where if you feel that way, and I'm not naive, I know everybody, every single person has some sort of prejudice about something in some way. I don't. You don't have to email me and remind me. I know it's a fact. We just live in a shame society. And that's, I mean, in some ways a good thing. You want some level of shame where people don't want to admit it. You're listening. You don't really like Mexicans. Maybe it's black people. Maybe it's Jews. Maybe it's Muslims. Maybe you hate Christians. Maybe you hate Catholics. Maybe you hate tall people, short people. Indians, Canadians, who knows? Everybody has something, and you know how I know everybody has something? Because I read history all the time, and that's the history of the world, and I'm not under the impression that this current era we live in is the era where we emerged from all prejudice. Come on, don't be naive. It's human nature. But it was really ugly back then, and people acted on it all the time. It was ugly. It was terrible. There was not not even an attempt to live in harmony. And you have this power structure of society where Spain was clearly a Catholic nation. Now, granted, we're leading up to the Inquisition. We're not there yet. Keep in mind, Muslims were not openly persecuted in Spain. Jews were not openly persecuted in Spain. I mean, there was little outbreaks here and there, but nothing big like that up to this point. 
And then you have these Catholic monarchs. And these Catholic monarchs, like all of Europe, I'm not indicting them, they have a system of government in place where, I mean, look, if if you want to be the local magistrate, you got to be a Catholic, brother. Oh, you, you'd like to run that port? Uh, that's a government job. Uh, you better be a Catholic. Virtually all the levers of power in society were exclusively reserved for Catholics. It was a Catholic nation, heavily Catholic influenced. That's just the way it was. And I want to stress, I'm not actually singling them out. That was really Europe at this time. Oh, it's good. Oh, I'm happy you're, you're a Jewish family. That's fine. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be mayor. Sorry. Well, at least for a while, that's how it was. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Very few things bring you down like not being able to sleep. It sucks. I've been there. I'm one of those people. I'm sad to admit I I don't function well when I don't have enough sleep. It's not like I'm going to die, but I'm mean. I can't keep my thoughts together. It's, just, it's not a good situation, and I know I'm not alone. And I know why I can't sleep, because I can't turn my mind off. If I lay down, my mind starts going. I think about the day I just had, the day I'm going to have. That's why Ebb Sleep is so fantastic. It is a wearable, drug-free solution that provides continuous, precise cooling to your forehead, which calms your mind. It puts you asleep faster, keeps you asleep longer. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. And use the promo code Jesse. You get 25 bucks off at checkout. Ebb sleep. So here's how Spain was set up pre-Spanish Inquisition, as I just laid out. You got to be a Catholic if you want to be in power. But Jews were not oppressed. There was, as is our Christian duty, an aggressive, now I'm not talking about drawing and quartering them just yet, but an aggressive effort to convert people, get people to convert, except Jesus Christ, you know, And Jews in society in Spain at this time, as they have throughout history, were very close-knit. They have strict traditions. They were outstanding in the area of business. I don't care if you're offended. Oh, that's a stereotype, brother. Read the history books. They're outstanding with money. We joke about it all the time with Chris on the show. They're outstanding with, they just are. Very good at that stuff. Very good running a business. Very good. And so you have a bunch of extremely wealthy, tight-knit Jews owning lots of awesome property in Spain, finding themselves 
not allowed in the seats of real power. I have I have a I have this estate, I have all these things, but I can't I can't be this official. And what you began to see was a mass conversion of Jews to Christianity. I am not God. I don't know what goes on in somebody's soul. I am 100% positive many of these conversions were genuine. I've accepted Jesus. I have no doubt in my mind many of these conversions were. Okay, I'd like to go ahead and be a mayor, but yeah, I'm still a Jew. And uh, what stinks is you read everything and you listen to a bunch of podcasts on this and nobody will say that. I find it so funny how everyone feels like they have to whitewash history. All these Jews converted to Christianity and then they were still persecuted, bro. Some of them lied. Of course they lied. Don't be an idiot. Of course they lied. Wouldn't you be tempted to? Of course you would. Not judging anybody. And... Well, here's another problem. King and queen of Spain, they're starting to worry about their grip on power, as kings and queens tend to do. And they begin to hear rumors that there's a lot of these Jews converted to Christianity. They call them conversos. There's a lot of these conversos. They're planning to overthrow us. They're planning to get rid of our Catholic state And they want a Jewish state. And so what they did was what you had to do if you wanted to do an inquisition. Now, let's take a brief side note here. The word inquisition sounds bad now, specifically because of what we're about to talk about, the Spanish Inquisition. But this was not new, and it did not always involve tearing out somebody's tongue. An inquisition simply just means questioning. It was actually started by the Romans. The Romans started this. And remember, we're in the year late 1400s. We are not that long after the Romans. It's funny when you look through the lens of history here. We're talking, depending on what you want to call the fall of Rome, 500, 1000. This is not that far after. And the Romans begin inquisitions. It was how they handled a lot of their criminal matters. Sit somebody down and question them. We just view Inquisition a little differently because uh, Spain did it a little differently. So Spain, they go to their pope, well, not their pope, the pope, and ask for permission. Now, why would a monarch, an all-powerful monarch, go to the pope and ask for permission? Let's Let's explain that real quickly. The pope wasn't necessarily over all these monarchs, kind of. But the Pope had the power and used this power several times to excommunicate somebody. Now, when you believe in Catholicism all the way, and you believe that when you die, you will either spend eternity, which is so long the human mind cannot comprehend it, you will either spend eternally, eternity in paradise, in the greatest situation possible, or you will spend eternity quite literally burning in a lake of fire. You are invested in getting to plan A and avoiding plan B. And the Pope had the power to excommunicate monarchs, kick them out of the church, also banning them from the kingdom of heaven. 
even if you were an all-powerful king in your little kingdom back then, that's going to end at some point in time. The castle girls and the fancy food and the delicious wines and the robes, and you don't feel like burning in a lake of fire for eternity. So the Pope, would I say, he didn't rule the kingdom. He didn't rule the kingdom, but you didn't necessarily want to get on his bad side either. If the Pope asked to borrow some eggs, you sent some eggs. And you had to ask the Pope for permission to do an inquisition. And they did. They approached the Pope. They're like, hey, man, we got these Jews. I feel like they converted to Christianity. We're, they actually called them new Jews. We got these new, or new Christians. We got these new Christians. They just converted from Judaism. I feel like I feel like there may be there may be some fakers in there. Maybe some big time fakers trying to subvert us. Can we do an inquisition to figure this out? Kind of a no-brainer for the Pope. Again, he he didn't see what was coming. By all accounts, he really genuinely did not see what was coming. He just wanted an inquisition, which again was not a bad word at this time. So he's like, yeah, sure, do an inquisition. And Spain really ran with that bad boy. Spain started bringing in Jews. Bringing in, well, new Christians who had converted from Judaism. And finding out if they were really Christians or not. Are you really a Christian or are you just trying to get this important government post? Are you really a Christian and I'm not going to go into all the questioning on it, but they would ask him even simple things, which I know Jewish Christians, people who've converted from Judaism, but still follow a lot of the Jewish traditions because Jewish people, if you know any, I do. I have one sitting about five feet away from me and I have several others. Jewish people are all about their traditions. They're emphatic about them and they don't necessarily give them up if you accept Christ. They just do not. Well, they would ask people flat out. You still eating matzo balls? Now, I made up that question, but a Jewish person who grows up eating matzo balls and converts to Christianity is still going to eat matzo balls. However, if you sit in front of a Spanish inquisitor and he asks you that and you say yes, you're still a Jew. You are a faker. And... You might get drawn and quartered. Do you know what drawn and quartered actually means? You seen Braveheart? They hit most of the high points on it. It was them dragging you in front of a crowd, hanging you until you were almost dead, and then letting you down, which would be not the most pleasant feeling in the world. Then tying ropes to your hands and your feet, and pulling you hard, depending on your bone structure, depending on your limbs, how they pulled you, oftentimes they would flat out pull you hard enough to dislocate your arms and your legs. Oh, they're, they're not quite done yet. You see, this is made to be public and this is made to be painful. Once they're done yanking your limbs apart, they lay you down on a platform in front of the crowd and tie you down. And then the real fun begins. Hang on.
Once they strap you down on the platform, they take a large, sharp object and they cut off the old howitzer and his two buddies. They then make an incision in your lower stomach, slice you up to the chest, take out your guts in front of you while they're still attached to you, set them on a platform beside you, and burn them. I need to emphasize, while they're still attached to you, they remove your guts and make you watch them burn them, and you feel it. And then they chop off your head. Then, the reason it's called drawn and quartered, that was the drawing part. Quartered is they chop off your limbs. All of them. Not a pleasant procedure. That was a great part of the Spanish Inquisition as well as burning at the stake. I'm going to spare you the details on that. There are several ways that was done. During the Spanish Inquisition, though, it was the standard way you would picture in your mind. They tie you to a vertical pole, put a bunch of wood around your feet, and light the fire. And let's be honest, that's one of the worst parts about burning alive. It's not just the burning. It's that the burning starts at your feet. Therefore, it takes a while to get up to the parts that actually kill you. Awful wooden. Awful. Awful wooden. This was an ugly affair. And we're not even talking about the torture, the old form of waterboarding. You know really where that came from? It kind of came from this era. They would lay you down and stuff a rag in your mouth and then pour water into it. Or they would put you on the rack and pull your limbs apart was an ugly, ugly time. And once they got done with a lot of this, keep in mind, this is Christopher Columbus era, mind you. Late 1400s in Spain. Remember, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So that's the era we're talking about here. Once they got done with that, they decided, you know, it's not just these conversos. It's not just these Jews that converted to Christianity. It's the Jews themselves. Having all these Jews around is bad for these conversos because they're going to be tempted to go back to their Jewish ways, aren't they? And so they put out a memo. An old version of a memo. And the memo said, you have three months to convert or be out of Spain. Completely. Every Jew. Three months. Many, two-thirds, air fingers, quote, converted. Many, say it was about 100,000, left. And left is the most simplified version of a horrific exodus I could possibly ever put out there for you. They got screwed in every possible way. Screwed out of money that was owed them because people knew they had a deadline to leave. Screwed out of their homes. You'd own a home for, I'm making up these numbers, but you own a home for a hundred grand and someone offers you five grand for it. And you're like, what? Well, get a better offer somewhere else. You're out of here soon. I'll just take it. Screwed out of everything. They would have to pay for the ships that would carry them out of there. And then oftentimes on these ships, they would just turn into pirates. Well, I mean, what better way could you, what better thing could you want if you're somebody of low moral character than have a Jew getting onto your ship, 
you don't like anyway. You know no one else in society likes the Jew anyway. Oh, and they're getting on your ship with fabulous amounts of wealth because they have to take all their possessions with them. I think I'll just go ahead and cut your throat and chuck you over the side, and now I'm a rich man. Happened a lot. Happened a lot. It was an ugly time. Oh, and the conversos did I mention? All those Jews who converted to Christianity and people were saying they're not real Christians? A lot of that came from little disputes you had with your neighbor. Oh, I see you've been flirting with my wife. Hey, uh, Inquisitor, this new Christian over here, pretty sure he's still a Jew. Might want to hook him up to the rack and find out. And money came into play, too. You see, the Inquisitor's court, they made their money off of the confiscated property of the people they took in and killed. Do you think that creates a bit of a conflict of interest? Maybe you're an Inquisitor and you feel like you're due for a little bonus. And man, look at that new Jew out there. He's got a big old place. Bet he's got some money in there. You know what? Let's go ahead and haul him in and find out if he's for real. That was the Spanish Inquisition. An ugly time, a fascinating time. Highly recommend you read on it because, again, this is this is like a 400-year escapade here that I glossed over in the course of about 30 minutes of radio. Talk about hitting the high points. There is so much to this, and there's ugliness, and there's palace intrigue, and political intrigue, and church intrigue. And the hard part about it, it, let me again say this, the hard part about it is you get, everything has to be this whitewashed, gentle view of history too. And people don't know how to tackle that. And they don't know how to tackle Jewish stuff either. People get so, I'm not like that. Which everybody, it doesn't even get me in trouble anymore. Everyone just accepts that I'm not like that. I like talking about these things. People ask me, Chris and I were talking about it. Why have Jews been run out and persecuted from societies throughout history? A lot of people, everyone knows about the Holocaust. You understand the Holocaust wasn't the first time. As Chris said, it was the last time. This is the norm. This is, what I'm describing to you is the norm. And there are a lot of things that go into it. There's a, there's a Christian versus Jew aspect to it. Christianity believes 100% Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of man. Believe in him, you go to heaven. Don't believe in him, you go to hell. Jews believe that Jesus was a man, a prophet. They don't believe he was a Son of God. There, that's, the, that's all of Christianity is Jesus was the Son of God. So there's a religious thing there. There's a people set apart thing there where Jews view themselves as that way. God's chosen people. So they're obviously not a big criminal element in any society they're in, but we're talking ancient Rome, Spain, a million different places throughout Europe. You have a society and you very much have a kind of separate Jewish part of your society. And people are suspicious of things that are separate. Think if there was a a part of town that, I mean, you could go, but there was only one religion in that part of town. And not only was there only one religion in that part of town, they had traditions that weren't your traditions. And, man, they're really, really wealthy. 
really doing well business-wise. Do you think that would create some societal resentment that you could work on? Another thing is the lending of money. For a long, long time, Catholics were barred from lending money. They viewed it as, as something sinful. And Jews clearly were not barred from lending money. They were like, well, come borrow some money from me. So again, well, wait a minute. I'm not even allowed to do it, and he's allowed to do it, and he charges me interest? That dirty Jew. You see how this resentment can go on and on and on throughout society. But let's be honest as we end our story today. Let's be honest. What's all this really about? The Spanish Inquisition. Historical persecution of Jews. What's it really about when you get down to it? I'll tell you in a second. Jesse Kelly Show. Boomer Naturals. Remember the name because it's not only going to help you through this pandemic period we're in, it's going to help you long after that. You see, they have a bunch of natural products there, meaning they're not putting, you're not putting harmful chemicals in your body. But right now, specifically, they have face masks, natural face masks, 30-day face masks, that give you 92.2% antibacterial protection. That is incredible. That's almost what the nurses are using, and they have them for you at Boomer Naturals. And it's not any of this idiotic one-size-fits-all garbage. They have adult sizes, and they have kid sizes. And at this, who doesn't need to save a little money right now? You can save 20% if you use the code JESSE20. So go to boomernaturals.com. Again, that's boomernaturals.com. Use the promo code JESSE20. Save 20% on every order. Jesse Kelly. You see what it's all about? I've been getting these emails, and you're welcome to email me. I want them. I love them. Some of y'all are freaking hilarious, but whenever you email me, I read it. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Or you can call right now, 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. But I get these emails. Jesse, I don't understand. I got another one last night. Jesse, I don't understand. I don't understand these moves. Why are they arresting this person? Why are they doing this? Why are they keeping things locked down? Why, 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 why? It's all about power. When you strap somebody down, you decide a group of people aren't welcome anymore. You're worried about your power, keeping it. You want more of it. 
virtually everything that happens in the history of mankind, everything we talk about every day on some level is just about power. And we don't want to imagine that because we, we like to imagine there are lofty goals with the people who are running things, with the people who are in charge of us, even people we hate. We allow ourselves that little bit. I mean, a good buddy of mine, Buck Sexton. Everybody knows the Buck Sexton show. He's got a great show. He's good, but he's a good friend of mine. He even told me yesterday because we were having this talk. It's about power. And he put it out there publicly. He's like, man, I actually allowed myself you know, that thought of thinking it wasn't just about power, but you are so right. It is. And it is. Everything you see right now is all about power. That horrible Spanish Inquisition, 400 years of cutting people's hands off. It's all about power. All of it. Every sacking of an ancient city, every religious or racial persecution, it all comes down to power. Wanting to keep yours, wanting more of it, wanting to take his, it's all about it. That's it. I wish sometimes it was more complicated than that. Part of me wishes it was more complicated than that. But then part of me, I like it because once you understand it, it's so simple, right? It makes things so much easier to digest. You don't have to like it. I don't like it. But let's be honest, that's what it is. And you do it too. Don't lie. You do. I do. Go home tonight. Say something dumb or the wife says something dumb. Snap at each other real quick. All right. That was stupid. We both know it's stupid, but I'm certainly not going to be the first one to apologize. It's about power, isn't it? It's about power and control. You don't want to admit it. That's fine. I'll admit it for you. I don't like to admit. You think I don't like that, but I'm just as guilty. Walk in the door. Jesse, you forgot to take out the trash. Yeah, you forget things all the time. Now we're fighting. That was really stupid and pointless. Let's see. I can... I can ruin our three- or four-hour evening together, or I can just apologize. You know what? Screw that. Screw her. She came at me first. She can apologize. Why? Power. Everything is a power dynamic. You know why we have these new unemployment numbers out? We now have over 33 million officially unemployed. That puts the real number probably at 40, let's be honest power this stopped being about lives in coronavirus about five and a half seconds into it for so many people politicians pundits people on a task force let me ask you When's the last time you heard the name, or when's the, when's the, when did you hear the name Dr. Fauci before coronavirus broke out? Let's go ahead and start with never, because none of you have ever heard his name before. Maybe one person in my million-person audience, ever. 
I don't know the man personally. This is actually not a personal attack on him. It was just the most recognizable name I could use. Let's say you're Dr. Fauci. You have 9,000 years of college and you're an infectious disease expert and you think of yourself as being pretty smart. I'm not indicting the guy. I think of myself as pretty smart. It's human nature. All right, I know I'm not smart, but it's human nature. I've been to a bunch of school. I've done a lot of things. And now I've been working in this field of infectious diseases for all these years. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it's awesome. And, and I know all this stuff about it. And, and now all of a sudden a virus breaks out and you find yourself on a coronavirus task force and you find yourself being interviewed on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC every single day with microphones stuck in your face. You have people putting you up for being sexiest man alive. You have to get security because you have so many fans. You're signing autographs. I'm not making any of this up. Now you are one of the most recognizable men in America. You're doing infomercials for the NFL draft on coronavirus. Are you anxious to give that up? Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.